What's up, Party People? Player to be named Lair is back for all things baseball related. So, like, if you're a baseball fan or just like listening to people talk about baseball, stay tuned. I'm Chelsea, and he's Kaylin, and we're player to be named later. So, how have you been? It's been a little while. It has. You always throw me off with that question. I'm never expecting it. I I just, <laughs> you know, I always, I try to be so nice and kind, and your chair is so squeaky. It is, and you are. <laughs> but I'm doing great. I'm happy. Baseball's getting back in. We have our first high school scrimmage this weekend, or well, by the time this is posted, we will have just had it. Yep. And then we'll be getting full steam ahead two weeks from Saturday. I'm so excited. Me too. I'm ready. I've never been able to cover high school baseball until now. Me neither. Well, last year was my first year too. Yeah. We kind of got poo-pooed on that, didn't we? We did. It's sad. So how was your day? I had a great day. You had a great day? I always have a good day, though. I had a pretty great day. I've been binge-watching One Tree Hill for the first time in years when I'm not covering sports for the newspaper. And y'all, poor Kalen when he comes home from work. I swear. The poor soul will come home, you guys, and it'll be a whole new season. He catches, like, every fifth episode, so I have to, like, catch him up and then... The next day, it's a whole different crew and cast, and he's just like, oh, Dan's still alive. That's all I'm worried about. That's all you're worried about. But anyways, less about One Tree Hill and more about baseball. Spring training is almost finished, and I feel like it just started. Like, I feel like we were just sitting on the couch at my parents, watching the first game of the Cardinals, and I was so excited, and you are like, Chelsea, I get baseball every day. I'm not that enthused. Doesn't it feel like yesterday, though? It does. It, I haven't really heard much about spring training. I don't know if big things are happening with spring training. I know that there's going to be some... Rule changes in the minor leagues, and mm-hmm. that's what I've kind of been listening to, but I haven't been keeping up with everything going on with spring training, major league baseball, and stats and whatnot. I won't lie. I would have liked to been a little more focused on spring training this year, but with basketball happening locally for work, I've kind of been so out of it. It's going to kind of be nice when regular season starts, so I can actually enjoy that and not just watching spring training games. Right. And with your covering and March Madness in full swing. Oh, yes. It's uh, We've got a lot going on with basketball right now. You're not real thrilled about March Madness, though, for your team, are you? No, but not many are. No, it happens. Mm -hmm. It happens. In case you've missed it, 
Kaylin is a suffering UK basketball fan. I won't suffer for long, so it'll be okay. Well, not everybody suffers like Mets fans do. But anyways, so as Kaylin mentioned, there have been rule changes in minor league baseball, and we're going to go over them. So larger bases will be in AAA. Yeah, it looks like they're going from 15 square inches to 18 at first, second, and third base. So that's an extra three inches all the way around. (laughs) I think uh, they're doing this to create more runs. And you kind of wonder, like, what's an extra six inches is really all that that could be adding at second and third base, at least. But think about how many bang bang plays there are. Specifically at second on double plays and uh, throwdowns. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think the majority of the difference is going to be made. I could see that. I mean, I guess you could talk about how they could round the bases easier or something like that. But uh, it's really those bang, bang plays and baseball is a game of inches. So given the offense, three to six more is more advantageous than most might think oh yeah and with first base it's going to provide less injury or at least not provide it's going to reduce injuries and possible collisions right because we're adding that second base we're in adding there. that second base in there like a softball field right so there's going to be one in fair territory one in foul territory and they're going to be connected that's how it was is that how it is in high school softball? Yes. Okay, that's it's not like that in high school baseball, but it's like that in the little leagues. Mm-hmm. I don't see a problem with it. I don't really know why they haven't done that sooner, I guess, because they don't like how it looks probably, but I just don't see where the benefit doesn't outweigh the cost on that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on this one. It should be... I don't know. I, to me, it was a no-brainer. If they, if they had considered it before, then yeah. they definitely should have... Happen like unless there's something that I'm I mean, completely missing. Larger bases have worked in independent leagues, like the Atlantic leagues tested out a bunch of different things, and it worked for them. So I'm I'm cool with it, and I don't see a big problem with it. I know a lot of people are kind of like pissed about the aesthetic, but it is what it is. I mean, there's going to be less first basemen and pitchers getting stepped on, less collisions, and uh, less base runners rolling their ankles on first base trying to avoid um, you know whoever's covering doing all those things should be less dirty plays because Mm -hmm. I mean it would be just absolutely blatant at this point with an an extra bag Uh, and it being a double bag at first base is not going to increase the chances it hits the bag Mm -hmm. now obviously the size of the bag being larger at all bases that will increase the chances of it hitting it. But just adding that bag in foul territory is not going to affect the play of the game because it's. Yeah, it's not. Ball. And then for double A, they have defensive positioning. So this has kind of been talked about for years and it deals with the shifts. But this states that the defensive team must have four players in the infield and each must have both feet in the dirt within the outer boundary of the infield. So, eh, depending on how this goes, the rule could actually make it mandatory to have two players on each side of second base instead with the shift. I think the players will enjoy that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a lot of people will enjoy it. The only people that might not 
is actually the pitchers and the managers. Yeah. Uh, the pitchers might like it on paper, but from from what I understand and from the conversations I've gotten to have with major league players about it is that the shift works. Yeah. Like you just can't. They they claim you couldn't argue with it that as much as it is very weird to look back at second base and seeing somebody standing basically right there and nobody anywhere near third base is very odd. Mm-hmm. With that pull hitter, they're more likely, obviously, to pull the ball. And then they're also pitching into the shift, too. Yeah. Something to think about. You know, they talk about all these pull hitters. Like, well, why don't they just... You know, hit the ball to the opposite side of the field. Well, the pitchers aren't pitching them there. No. They're wanting them to pull it. They've got seven <laughs> six right. players on the, on the right side of um, the bag for a lefty. Like, yeah. they want them to pull it. Exactly. So, if this happened, they would have to have two players on either side of second base. So, And in the infield? In the infield. Because a lot of second basemen play, play very, very yeah. deep. And that's going to take away, like... They have to have their feet in the within the outer boundary of the infield. I mean, they have second basemen on shift playing like a shallow right field. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see. It's definitely going to be interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about that one. I'm more of a traditionalist, I guess, in that regard. So I, I, if they completely did away with the shift, I wouldn't be upset. Obviously, all players shift yeah. a little bit, especially outfielders just kind of do it on their own or instinctively, or if you know somebody's a dead pool hitter, or if you know somebody really struggles mm-hmm. pulling I mean, or whatever it is, then you kind of move a few steps on your own anyway. You're taught that in Little League. Yeah. So, but that's not really what no. what they're talking about here with the shift. I guess no. they're, they're probably saying that you, they just don't want it to be ridiculous. Yeah. I guess they want it. They want kids growing up and looking at the field and understanding what's going on. Yeah, because, I mean, sometimes, like, when Matt Carpenter is up to bat, like, half, like, they're all on one side of the field. It's ridiculous. And that's how he ended up, like, bunting a double one night because, well, he beat the shift. They probably, a lot of fans say, why don't they do that more? Yeah. I don't know why they don't bun it over there. I get, I mean, I, I'm not one to think that bunning is the most difficult part of baseball because I, I can say that it is not. But yeah. bunning 98 mile an hour, two seam fastballs probably isn't that much easier than hit one. Right? Like, so I will say that. And then for low A, we have a pickoff. Oh, I skipped one. For high A, we have the step-off rule. With this rule, pitchers are required to disengage from the rubber on the mound prior to throwing to any base. So in the event that a pitcher fails to comply, it'll be a balk. Currently, when a pitcher's on the mound, he doesn't have to step off the rubber before attempting to pick off someone. Essentially, the pitcher can jump, turn at the same time, and will pause whatever noise that I just made. (laughs) But with this change, the process of picking off will take a lot longer and it'll lead to larger leadoffs and, of course, more stolen bases. Oh, there's going to be a ton of stolen bases if you can't do that. I tell every single pitcher in our program when we get them as an eighth grader that if you're stepping off to pick off to first base, you're wrong. Yeah. Because it's completely ineffective if any, if you're getting somebody on that, they they basically pick themselves off. Exactly. That's insane. I mean, I hate this one. 
I mean, it's going to lead to more stolen bases, and it's going to be a bigger emphasis if you actually do get picked off. Yeah. But, I mean, you're requiring now somebody to take two steps when previously they only had to take one Mm -hmm. or, you know, flip. So that's going to be... I don't know. I hope that they don't stick with that one. I mean, I don't even. I mean, even pitcher, even pitchers are going to have stolen bases. This, if that, it well at least in high. Yeah, everybody's going to just be a John Lester and just pick off once every Jeez. decade. That's going to be the game plan. I mean, I, I really don't know what they're about to do with that. Um, our little jot down here doesn't say that if you're required to do that if you come set or not. Because if you're if you don't come set. I mean, right now you can still pick off. You don't have to step off. Yeah. That, that's always been the rule. So I wonder if you don't come set, if you still have to step off. I'll have to look into that and I'll let I'll let you know. Um, I don't know. If you also have to step off for that, that's... That's nuts. That is very... That's intense. That's an intense rule. I mean, that's going to take away... They're going to have to practice that a ton. Yeah. Because they've all figured out how to pick off. You know, 95% of those guys are probably pretty good at it mm-hmm. and probably have a really good move like and you're requiring them um, so anybody that coaches you know a decently high school baseball or on might discuss with their pitchers a a bad pickoff move mm-hmm. where we pick off to make the other team think that that's our best move and when i tell my players to do that i'm like okay if you're stepping off that better be your bad move yeah that we're just showing <laughs> and then we come with our good move and then now it's like I guess there's not going to be any discrepancy. Yeah. I guess it's just going to be one of them. Maybe you can move a little bit slower, but I'm, I don't know. I'm not a fan. I'm I'm not a fan. I'm, kinda, I'm ticked off now. I know. As a pitcher, I'm upset. Right? So in low A, there is the pickoff step off limitation. With this change, pitchers will be limited to two step offs or pickoffs while there is at least one runner on base. The pitcher may pick off a third time, however, if the runner gets back safely. The result is a balk and the runners advance. Major League Baseball is actually considering this one, changing this to um, one step off, one pickoff attempt, depending on how the beginning of the season goes with this new rule. Right now, it's Implemented in both low A leagues. This is ridiculous. I don't really like that one. I couldn't. I've never seen in person a game that I witnessed at any level, high school, college, or major league, or any other indie ball, minor league, where a pitcher picked off four times. Right. I've never. I've never seen that. And if you're worried about, you know, how many times. So if you, let's say you're trying to limit the amount of times people pick off, and it's like, oh, nobody wants to watch people pick off four times. Well, who's to stop me from on three straight pitches picking off twice? Yeah. So I'm picking off six times on three pitches. Like, there's no rule to stop me on that. Are they going to come up with a inning limit? I do like how it says that you can pick off that third time. If the runner gets back safely. But if the runner gets back, then it's a ball. Because uh-huh. I was thinking when I first thought of the rule or heard the rule this morning, when I um, I was thinking that you just wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. So I was like, well, what happens if they just take off? <laughs> but it is interesting and to see if they get back to or if they get in a rundown. Let me run this one by you. Since we have a ton of information here, we have about we have one sentence of what this rule is. Yeah. So let's get deep into what the rule book is going <laughs> to say. All right. So person on his third pickoff picks off to first base, gets them, but they're in a rundown. 
Oh. First baseman throws it to second. Second base overthrows first baseman. Guy makes it back to first. But they got in a rundown. Mm-hmm. Is it now a balk? Because he made it back to first base safely. If Angel Hernandez is umping, it is. Yeah, the, I can see. The umpires will probably just be looking at each other yeah. like, uh, like, gotta call New oh York. Oh, man. This is not going to be fun. That made sense, though. Kind of, yes. Yeah. It swirled in my head a little bit. Like, as opposed to a person just diving right back to the bag. Yeah. Getting in a rundown. Because I guess it would change. I don't know. I'm just, just thinking. I, I love when you get like this. Well, I didn't know it was going to hurt pitching so bad. Because I thought that they were raising the seams and going to make it better for pitchers and well, all this stuff. And then now it's... You there. win some, you lose some. Is that what they're doing? Are they raising them or lowering them? I thought they were raising them. I think they're raising them. So I thought it was going to be better for pitching. Right. And here, oh, no, they, they did something to the cork or something. Yes, I wrote about it. Yep. They're and deadening the balls. They're deadening. So it's more. Okay, I think this is where I'm grasping. We got a few more rules here. Yeah. Okay, so we do have more rules, so we'll see. But this is my prediction now knowing, putting all this together. They're wanting to get back to traditional baseball. Yes. Downing the shift. Yes. Deadening the ball so people will quit swinging for the fence. Mm-hmm. And the strikeout rate won't be so high because it won't be as efficient to try to swing for home runs. Correct. And they're going to get back into like the small ball stolen bases. Yep. That's what I'm getting so far. Let's go over the, the 1980s, rules. baby. I'm for it. I'm, I mean, I like I like old school baseball. I like baseball. I like baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I like baseball. I like the baseball that... You and I and everybody before us grew up with. Yes. And I mean, I, well, I guess I, I did grow up with McGuire and Barry Bonds and all that, but they were. But they saved baseball a little bit. They saved it and there wasn't all of them. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't four players in your lineup a night attempting to be McGuire and Bonds. No, they were all their own person. Right. So there's a pitch timer. I wish everyone could see Kaylin's face on that. In low A West. So following a successful pace of play rule changes in the Florida State League, which is high in 2019, the league is continuing to experiment. With this change, there's going to be one timer in the outfield and two behind home plate between the dugouts. The timers will be used between innings to make sure the first pitch of each inning is thrown by a certain time between pitches and during pitching changes. More potential regulations could be added to this. Does it say how much time? Um, it does not. I think the the rule was two minutes in between innings. So from last pitch to first pitch and 15 seconds in between when you step on the rubber. Okay, so when you when the catcher catches the ball, you have 15 seconds to get back on the rubber. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not against that stuff. I think you could argue that it's, you know, it, it's against the game. Baseball is in an, on, a, on a stop clock, which is one reason why a lot of people like it. You know, yeah. it's not game's not over until the last out. Doesn't matter how, how much you're down. There's always a chance. I don't think this takes away from that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's many people or many pitchers that really take 15 seconds every time anyway. And I'm going to go ahead and add on a limb and say that if that if a pitcher's taking more time than 15 seconds in between each pitches, his arm hurts. You would know. I would know because I was going to say I felt like my pace of play at least um, one year was very slow and my arm was killing me. And you would think like what's a couple extra seconds. But that couple extra seconds got that tingling to go away, and I was ready to get back on there. And what I did, I just did everything a normal pitcher would do, but I felt like I just did it in slow motion. Mm. So it looked normal, 
And I didn't want to be like that. Yeah. But that's just what happened. But uh, that's just my guess. I haven't seen very many pictures just take that long. No. Just because I've seen it get called before just on video and it, it very it upset the pitcher a lot at the end of the day it is just a ball mm-hmm. i mean you're gonna fight for everything but it's not an automatic first base it's yeah. not a you know a double or yeah something like that it, it is just a ball um sometimes I do, I do wish in between innings would go by a little bit faster you know you're sitting there throwing the ball around this is in high school i mean this probably doesn't affect minor leagues at all but catcher goes to throw it down somehow the ball ends up at the fence and oh yeah just waiting i'd love if my team was on offense for them to be like all right ball one mm-hmm. 15 seconds later ball two <laughs> like all right hustle up get this ball in let's go come and on I, little timmy get the ball in yeah but obviously if they're not going to put a shot clock in high school basketball they're definitely not going to do that for that high school drives baseball. me <laughs> bananas but i digress from basketball Oh, yes. And so our last one is something that Indie Ball has witnessed. It is the automatic ball strike system, and this will be in low A Southeast. So this is the big one, the big bananas. The ABS has been implemented in the Atlantic League, as I just mentioned, and it was tested in the Arizona Fall League. So now it's time the minor leagues get it. I am kind of excited. So there will still be an umpire behind home plate. No worries for those who are freaking out right now. In the Atlantic League, the ABS was the definite voice in determining what was a ball and what was a strike. With this implementation, with this, the league stated it would be used to assist home plate umpires in calling balls and strikes. So basically... It's going to help guys like Joe West and Angel Hernandez in the long run from getting their faces punched by me. I guess a lot of people are upset about this a little bit because it takes away from the uh, error side, you know. Yeah. But they want people to be umpires, but umpires make mistakes. And when they make mistakes, they get yelled and screamed at by everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard from somebody that has attempted to officiate it's I'm not good with middle school, about maybe junior varsity and down. I'm not so bad. But when you start getting into guys that throw 90 consistently with really good depth breaking balls and stuff like that, like that's not that easy. And your catchers get really good at framing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. It's not. It's not easy. And as much as I like give. Major League umpires crap. At the same time, I wouldn't do their job. I mean, I we, couldn't do their job. And we get to see it on TV from a better angle than they're really getting to see it. In yeah. my opinion, from from looking at the catcher is a little bit easier. And you can see if that catcher's moving his glove. And a lot of times on the games they watch, it, it'll kind of place the spot on there. Mm-hmm. And they don't get to see that. And they also have to make up their mind. They don't get much more time than the hitter. No, <laughs> to they make really up whether don't. it's a ball or a strike. When I do it, I'm real slow with it because I'm trying to get it. <laughs> I'm trying to get it right, but at the same time, I couldn't imagine if it was. And at that level, you know, their margin for error just isn't there. They can't blow calls. These are no. You know, these guys are playing for their career. This is not your. Little Tim, little little Timmy on the yeah, little Timmy team. You know where we're fighting for 
participation trophy. You know, this yeah. is this is real real deal stuff right here. So <laughs> I think at home plate it'd be it would be good. Um, I mean, the umpire's still going to be there to call the ball and strike. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're still going to have outs and plays at the plate exactly. that they're going to be in charge of. And I'm not really against it. It's just it's not going to be able to. That's going to change the game at that level, but it won't be like that at high school. No. So it's not going to change how we play the game, but that might. That's going to change. I just I'm excited for somebody to yell at the robot at a at a machine. Right. Maybe that'll calm it down. But there could always be malfunctions in the machine. Exactly. Like what if it calls a wild pitch, a strike by accident, like the thing. Yeah. I guess the umpire would change it. Yeah. I guess I guess maybe maybe this is how it works. So you, you get the real umpire out there. So if there is a fastball down the middle called a ball. They can, they be, can like, be like, hey, oh, you're wrong. Well, you know, they would, I guess, what, hear it in their earpiece. Yeah. Hear that it, they called it a ball and then just call it a strike. And same for a wild pitch. Yep. Because if it was only a robot, I guess there would be no going. You couldn't fix it. It would just be, that's, it messed up. Whoops. Move on. Batter, you have been struck out. And then they do it like the KBO. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> So, Major League Baseball posted an article last night on the six teams guaranteed to be better in 2021. Now, personally, I'm not mad about the teams in question. I've read the article, but Kaylin hasn't. So, I'm going to name off each team and we're just going to discuss it. Reminder, the teams were listed in alphabetical order on the MLB.com article and not in my personal order. Roast her. Please do not roast me. So the Angels are first, and their record last year was 26 and 34, a 433 average. According to this, the team should be 70 and 92 this season. Poor Mike Trout. Like, God can't, he is just fantastic and can't catch break with this with this team. The Angels, two worst teams by winning percentage have been the last two years. Like, that's nuts. And they have had a five-year streak with a losing record. My favorite thing is how they say that they're an improving team and they're going 22 games under 500. Like, it's nuts. I mean, that's... I mean, that is an improvement, but it is kind of crazy when you word it like that. But... um. I hope that they're better. They're getting Otani. Yeah. And he's trying to hit 110 or something. I know. He told, what did he tell his trainer? He wanted to hit 105, Some, Yeah, something like that. And he hit 101. And I'm sure he's hitting nukes. So hopefully mm-hmm. he's healthy. That's going to help him. That's a big role if he's if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm just, until I see it happen, I'm just going to sit here on the fence for the Angels. And next are the Brewers. Last year, my second favorite NL Central team went 29-31. and 31. Yikes. Considering how great they were the last two years prior to that. But also, they, you know, had Grandal and Moustakas and Braun. And, well, he was healthy and Yelich was healthy until he busted his kneecap out. 
and shattered it. I, I cried a little. But anyways, so of course that was a 483. And this year they say the equivalent is 7884. I don't agree with this. I think they're better than that. But also the NL Central is crap. And that's my two cents on this whole thing. They got Jackie Bradley Jr. Yes. Oh, uh, and any other acquisitions? Uh, some guy named Colton Wong. Oh, well, that'll help. Right? So those two, they lost Braun, but Braun, I mean, Braun's still a good major league player, but he's, he's on the downward part of his. Yeah. So they should be better. I agree with the article. I like that. And it wasn't quite as underwhelming as the Angels one. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Mets. Surprise. They were 26 and 34 in 433 last year. The equivalent is 70 and 92. Did you copy and paste this from the Angels one? I did not. This is what they have. This was yes. a well thought out article right here. Yes. If the next one has the same for the Brewers. Right. So they want them to be a little bit better on paper, but still terrible. Yep. Well, that's I mean, not terrible, I guess, but. On paper, the moves they made in the offseason, they should be better. But, you know, it's the Mets. And if they only win 70 games, I will not only be pissed, but I'm sure Francisco Lindor will skedaddle on out of City Field as soon as he can. I agree with the article. They will be better, but still not very great. It's the Mets. Some weird shenanigan will happen and they'll fall quickly. Um, the Nationals, you you like a few National guys. In 2020, they went 26 and 34, which was a far cry from winning the World Series in 2019. I mean, come on, like that's nuts. According to the article, the equivalent oh for God. this year will be yes, you just read it, didn't you? The seven it will be 70 and 20 and 92. That is insane. That's the exact three of the exact same records. Yes. Yes. But, and the next one's not far off. And then the last one is the same record. Yes, I'm it's just going nuts. through this. Is this it's, were they actually the same? Yes. They were the same I, records? Yes. Okay, so they're. The only ones oh, that are different. I was reading this wrong the whole time. They're just saying that that is the equivalent of being 70 and 92. I thought they were yes. saying that they were going to improve to 70 and 92. And I was like, so they made five of the same predictions of the exact same <laughs> record. And it's 22 games under 500. That's yeah. why I was like, that doesn't really sound like much. Right. Much of an improvement. Ayo, MLB. I could write this. Give me a job finally. Anyways, um, for the Nationals, it is a weird transitional Period for them. You know, it's just weird, I guess, for them. Here lately, every team that wins the World Series is rather crappy afterwards. Look at the Red Sox, which we're getting to them. I'm sorry. But they do have Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Max Scherzer, and Steven Strasburg. Like, on paper, that's that's dangerous. But when you see it happening... And you see how they played last year. It's like Mighty Mouse. <laughs> go Turner. Go Scherzer. He is now a father. Trey. Hey, Trey. Yeah. So, the Red Sox. 
Kalen's team has not had it easy in recent years. I'm sad that they lost Jackie Bradley Jr., but I, d- I do think he is replaceable. I think he's replaceable. I do. Offensively. Offensively. I mean, but man, their outfield from their World Series team is gone. Yeah. Benatendi's out. Mookie. Castillo, gone. I'm just kidding. Nobody cares about <laughs> that's That's this godsend right there. Win the World Series, lose a lot of games. In 2020, they... It? They went. They went twenty four and thirty six. They were a four hundred team. Hot dog. That's the worst one on this. Yes, it is. I knew that they were bad. Don't. <laughs> Three last placed AL East finishes in the past seven years. Hey. The last time they lost that many games was in nineteen sixty five, a year before my dad was born. But it's Boston. And for MLB.com, they have them equivalent of 65 and 97 this year. Even well with Devers and Bobby Dalbeck, who has been really dangerous lately on in spring training. And you have any thoughts on your team, my love? They should be able to improve. That's, that's all. That's all. I mean, they couldn't. That's all, folks. (laughs) (laughs) And the last team is the newfound friends of former Red Sox, Andrew Benintendi. The Royals. The Royals. In 2020, they went 26 and 34, and clearly they did better than the Red Sox, so maybe he's moving on up. I don't know yet. Hopefully, they'll be more productive, more competitive this season. They do have a good team. Um, and go figure, MLB.com's equivalent, 70 and 92. <laughs> they aren't a threat in the AL Central, but they should look a lot better this year. I mean, I hope Ben Nintendi likes it there. He probably had a more open spot. I felt like he was always kind of fighting for a spot in Boston. Yeah. And I think that they they wanted him, so they're going to give him left field. Well, I'm glad because mm-hmm. I like him. Me too. So, guys, thanks for listening. We're going to wrap this episode up. You can follow along on Twitter at Chelsea Brooke, Dugout Dish, and Kaylin P25. Lots of fun content is headed your way on dugoutdish.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow. Spread the word of the podcast and the website. As always, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening, sticking with us, and most importantly, being you. So take care until next time.